in lieu of UCLA's latest choke to Pitt, I thought to myself, what are Chip Kelly's five biggest flops as head coach of UCLA? Hmm. Well, you stumble around, you think hard enough. Well, you can come with more than quite a few here on Locked On UCLA. Thanks for tuning in. It's Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer, here on Locked On UCLA. Thanks for making Locked On UCLA your first listen each and every day. It's free wherever you get your podcasts. And this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. So I, I compiled a list of the top five biggest flops in my mind over the years of Chip Kelly in between the seasons as to what were his biggest flops as UCLA head coach. You can agree, you can disagree, maybe a couple of honorable mentions in there. So let's get the list started with number five, 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 five. And if you're watching on YouTube and you're wondering, hey, why is there the stripe? I went to a luau, mad it down. So here we go. Either way, thanks for tuning in. Number five, UCLA, my first biggest flop for Chip Kelly era. Remember being there for this game? The first game he coached, DTR's first game way back when in 2018, when Chip Kelly and the Bruins took on Cincinnati, at that time Cincinnati quarterback by Desmond Ritter. UCLA losing 26-17 to Cincinnati in the Chip Kelly opener. Only about 54,000 attended. It was a very poorly attended game. Poultry-filled crowd in the Rose Bowl. And here we are, UCLA and the Bruins. Haven't seen much crowd since, if you quite honestly think about it. So for UCLA, that was a game where the Bruins led 10-0 after the first quarter. Had it tied 17-17 heading into the fourth. And ended up losing by nine. A safety, a late touchdown. And Michael Warren for Cincinnati put up 143 yards and I think three tubs that game as UCLA blew one of many heartbreaking games in the Chip Kelly era. That's number five for UCLA. Of course, DTR's first game, 117 yards passing, negative four rush yards. He was raw. That's when Wilton Spate was unavailable to play in the middle of that game after getting knocked out for quite a bit. So that was DTR's first game, number five on that list. Now coming up to number four. Interesting one here. Maybe you guys will or will not agree with this one. You have San Diego State, a 23-14 loss in 2019 to San Diego State. The Bruins' first ever loss to San Diego State in their program history, which was a, a devastating loss. Of course, 2019 was another sluggish campaign for the Bruins. Other than that great, crazy comeback victory against Wazoo, Sim, pretty much no highlights for the Brewers and DTR that year. So coming in number four was losing to a San Diego State team, yes, who did have 10 wins in 2019. But mind you, San Diego State, in the week prior to their game against UCLA, put up six points against Weber State. They won 6 nothing against Weber State, an FCS program, and then they come to the Rose Bowl and put up 23 and beat the Bruins by nine. That, in my mind, the first ever loss to San Diego State, that's just... Not one you wanted in the Chip Kelly era. So that's my number four for UCLA's biggest flops. Again, if you're tuning in, count down to number one as to the biggest flops in the Chip Kelly era after this pit loss. Because I got to myself thinking, hey, why not spend a happy new year thinking about the bad? Because that's what UCLA Bruins fans all start thinking about. So that's number four. Number three. All right. I'm cheating here. I'm packaging two. I'm going to qualify the 2018 loss. And the 2021 loss. Of course, one was a little bit more painful than the other, but because they were the same team, the Fresno State losses. In 2018, they lost by 24 points to Fresno State, 38-14. Okay, maybe not as painful, but it's not as fun to lose by three, four possessions to a Fresno State pro team who the Bruins haven't beaten in quite a few attempts so far in the last 
few years, over a decade plus, way back when, when the Bruins haven't found ways to beat Fresno State. So the 2018 loss, losing by 24, and of course, what is this packaged with? It's packaged with the 40-37 to loss to Fresno State right after, if you remember, UCLA had beaten Hawaii to start the 2021 campaign, beat LSU, who was at that time overrated, overranked, but UCLA got a win, bounced in the top 25, were about to climb even more by beating Fresno State. Instead, they let them go down the field about under a minute. Jake Hanner flopped over, couldn't even walk at the end of the game, and what does he do? He leads Fresno State down the field to an improbable comeback victory where the defense let the Bruins down again after it looked like they had taken the lead, won it late in front of a pretty energetic crowd late at the Rose Well, not a packed crowd, but an energetic one. And then it's outstanding, outstanding game in the early parts of 2021, just where we're coming back from COVID. That falls in my number three category of the biggest flops. One, yes, you can get beat down. UCLA maybe didn't have the talent in 2018. But in 2021, that game where the Bruins could not stop Andrew to save their lives, just letting him complete pass after pass touchdown with a couple seconds left. Stupid game, whatever it was. Number two, the stupid one. Here this season, Arizona losing to them 34-28, to a game where UCLA can run the ball easily. They were one of the best teams, one of the best running backs in the country when it came to running the ball, one of the best teams in the pack on the West Coast in the country in Chip Kelly's offense against an Arizona team coached by Jed Fish that could not simply stop the run with those numbers, their defense coming into the game, which led me to think when I made an episode about the toughest UCLA games remaining in the season here earlier this year, I said, I'm not even sure if Arizona qualifies on this list compared to an Arizona State or even maybe a sleepy game against one of the Bay Area schools. Well, who did it turn out to be? The team you least expected to beat the Bruins in a home game where right before USC, a trap game, the Bruins fell down early, came back, actually led in the fourth quarter while coming all the way back a couple of scores down against the Arizona Wildcats, only to blow it, have multiple opportunities to go down the field and score in the fourth quarter to potentially take the lead and could not do so. If you remember, the Bruins got it down to the 20, 25-yard line, a couple of cracks at the end zone. Some might say Jake Bobo was wide open in the back of the end zone. DTR should have hit him. Either way, losing to Arizona, again, that they simply should not have lost with Jaden Delora running around around the pocket. The Bruins just cost themselves one a chance. While it didn't officially do that, they cost themselves a chance at the Pac-12 title game, cost themselves a chance at an even bigger bowl game, whether it's the Alamo Bowl or because you see Washington having a good time. There's all these games UCLA could have been playing in, even at that time, still very much in the running for a college football playoff spot because UCLA was climbing higher and higher in the rankings each and every week while being, as we thought at that time, disrespected. It turns out maybe they saw something that even the most hardcore Bruin naysayers or lovers even didn't see at that time, which was a heartbreaking choke coming in the midst of that one where UCLA lost 34-28 at home right when the bandwagon everybody was coming to join on and UCLA fell short. Number one, Again, maybe a little cheating here. USC in 2020 and 2022. In 2020 is a little different story. This was the story of the season, of course. UCLA, that flop against Colorado in the early part of the season. They had uh, the game against Oregon that was close and heartbreaking. You could go up and down the list in 2020, if not put the whole season on that list. Either way, the 2020 loss, where the Bruins, I believe, led by 17 points, three scores against USC, blew that to a late, touchdown 
from the Trojans, and USC ended up beating UCLA. Then you pair that with the 2022 game where the Bruins, one, could have knocked USC out of contention earlier than they would have had, would have been. The Bruins would have needed a lot of things to go right in that final week to make the Pac-12 title game. I'm not sure that actually happened considering Oregon lost to Oregon State. But most importantly, you jumped out to a 14-0 lead against USC in one of the most anticipated, highly rated, greatest atmosphere UCLA-SC games in the Rose Bowl in quite some time. Mind you, this was the first UCLA-SC Rose Bowl game game of the Rose Bowl since the 2018 season when there was fans. It was the first time with nearly 79,000, a quote-unquote sellout, somewhere near there, since the early 2010s during the Jim Moore eras when those two teams are going back and forth with UCLA taking down at that time Lane Kiffin and then Clay Helton. The Bruins had their chance to really put them their mark on the map, which we thought, hey, this might hurt recruiting. Lincoln Riley's all exciting. The NIL money the Trojans have. And instead, the Bruins choked that one away 48-45, just like that 43-38 loss in 2020. Those heartbreaking losses have to be at the top of the Chip Kelly flop list in these most recent five years. So those are my top five games. Hit in the comments, tweet at me, tweet at the show at Locked on Bruins. What do we think those top five flops are? Honorable mentions, of course, the pit game, the first bowl game UCLA goes to. You have multiple starters out. And I kind of didn't put in the pit game. There's so many fluky things, which we'll get to in our grades coming up in the rest of this episode. But I just didn't go with the pit game. I wanted games in every season for Chip Kelly. You can also add the 2020 double overtime loss, 48-47, to Stanford. They had a big lead late after the week after the SC game. They blew that one. And then also 2021 last year against ASU. They had already lost into Fresno State. But they lost 42-23 to to the Sun Devils. So you can give a loss to both Arizona schools. Heartbreaking to Stanford, SC, San Diego State, Fresno State. All those things means he doesn't seem to know how to compete on the West Coast. One would think, right? Either way, that's my biggest flop list for UCLA in the first five seasons for Chip Kelly. Heartbreaking as it is. As we move on here in Locked On UCLA, let's tell you about LinkedIn jobs before we tell you about the grades of this game against Pitt that we just played. Just know that if you're a small business owner or a hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn jobs, you should check it out. You can hire qualified candidates with more efficiency by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help achieve your goals. That's why you can One, identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs. Connect with them faster for free. Easily screen and rate applicants based on your job applications, qualifications, whatever it may be, on one simple platform. Small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs, number one, in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash Locked on College to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Moving on here in Locked on UCLA, it's Zach Anderson. Yoxheimer just went over the top five flops, follies, whatever you want to call them. Remember those old school days where you had the, the videos and you're sitting there and you're watching, what was it? The, the, you had the follies, biggest follies, flops of NFL history, NBA history. You stick it in the, the VHS and you're like, hey, what's going on? It's just a, a tape of endless endless terrible play well UCLA would have too many plays 
back and forth over and over and over and over again in certain times during the Chip Kelly era, which we'll have positivity coming up. Yes, we should radiate new year, new love, new season upcoming in 2023. But for the Bruins, who lost to Pitt 37-35 in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, you have a 9-4 and season, fell short of equaling the single-season program record for wins, which would have been 10. Instead, the Bruins fell short with 9, and as pretty much as low of a bowl as you can get compared to what the Bruins could have had in this season. UCLA, you find yourselves with a multi-score lead, a quarterback who comes back to play one last game to give his team out in the high, a defensive coordinator who's coming back, and you have a kicker punter who wants to come out and show out before he's in the transfer portal. You have so many different options, guys. You have Charbonnet who could have played, Kaz Allen who could have played. Either way, UCLA played without Kaz Allen and Charbonnet, and they still should have won against Pitt team who had even more starters and more impact players. You can have a discussion as to who is more impactful as who missed the game. Either way, Pitt had more players with just as much meaningful impact to both their offense and defense out of this game. And UCLA still could not find a way to win this game despite some late heroics from one Ethan Garbers. They let Nick Patty, a redshirt senior, super senior quarterback, come down the field, tackle him in the open field games over instead, goes down the field, first down, kicker, Ben Sauls, better call Sauls, five for five, and he makes the game when he kick. Well, let's get to those grades. First, let's talk about it. You know, a lot of people were hitting the comments on the YouTube videos. If you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast, everybody, every single person wants to blame this loss on Dorian Thompson-Robinson. 270 yards in the air, two TDs, three interceptions in a game where it seemed destined for him to dominate. He had 14 rushing yards and a touchdown on six rushing attempts only averaging 2.3 per carry when he normally averages about five yards per carry, even six on his good days when he takes it read option, when he's working with Charbonnet in the backfield. So clearly something was off on some, you could argue, some bad batted passes, some interesting bounces. And then there's that last interception where DTR just turned, boom, boom, and threw it right to the guy for Pitt, right to the linebacker just straight in his hands like he's trying to hit a receiver in motion who's wide open. He just happened to throw it the other, to the other side. This was a game where UCLA was cruising early, hitting their receivers. Even though Jake Bobo played the biggest name of all the UCLA receivers, they had all this certain talent. They had all these guys step up and making plays in the running back roles and the receiving roles. Everything was gelling for the Bruins early, leading at the half, leading 28-14 after the defense forces at turnover return for their touchdown, first one in over two years. And, you know, something went wrong. DTR with those three picks, I in the immediate reaction, I didn't want to go heartbroken DTR and just go after him, after him, after him. But clearly, his interceptions was one of the reasons. What of five UCLA turnovers for them that actually contributed to the game, if you don't include Garber's last-ditch Hail Mary effort at the end of the game, which I don't even understand why the Bruins didn't go hook and lateral. Either way, DTR played well early, played better, and then all of a sudden... The wheels came unglued. He got knocked out of the game, heartbreaking, just tears in his eyes because he wanted to be on the field for his team and hope lead his team to victory. And even if it wasn't Garbers, he wanted the team to win, and it just did not happen. So clearly, turnovers and offense, which was clicking. The Bruins outgained Pitt offensively. 
They were dominating. They could have dominated this game. They were favored by almost eight points, two scores. Could have won this game by three scores. Quite honestly, they could have. But Pitt played with heart, grittiness, and a tenacity to come back and keep fighting back as UCLA let themselves, let Pitt back in the game and found themselves on the losing end. The offensive grades, one, is going to be a D plus. There's a lot of to like. We're going to highlight what's to like in a moment, but the offensive grade was a D plus because you can't turn it over three times with the quarterback, four times if you have the Garber's Hail Mary attempt. The special teams, while it does count as a turnover, that's going to go towards the special teams grade. UCLA with DTR, man, that was that was a sight to hold, behold because he left early and all that. But it was also great to see TJ Harden come through, 11 carries, 111 yards, only one negative rush, 10 carries, 10 yards per carry, and a touchdown. TJ Harden, solid. Keegan Jones, seven carries, 27 yards, wasn't really an impact player. So it's nice to see that TJ Harden was a very big time player for UCLA, especially in the rushing game with no Charbonnet because he said he considered sitting out and did sit out after all was said and done as an opt out late for the Sun Bowl. TJ Harden came, played, and had a big impact for the Bruins. In the receiving game, had to like the likes of one Cam Brown, the redshirt junior, transfer from Texas AM. Four receptions, 115 yards to lead the Bruins. And then a Titus Mokial Atimalala, three receptions, 89 yards, and a touchdown. He had a spectacular catch in that game. Nice to see him come up and be a big presence. Logan Loya had a touchdown. All of this is without a Kaz Allen who didn't play. And Jake Bobo being held to three receptions for 28 yards. So those were guys who make big catches. Logan Loya, Mokial Atimalala, and then Cam Brown. Those were three guys who... I was wondering which one of them would have stepped up, and ironically, all three of those guys actually came in and made spectacular grabs. Okay, defensively, let's go right to it after I tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Pro football, college bowl season's coming slowly to an end. Basketball. We had the World Cup, which you could have been betting on all World Cup long, which just ended at the end of 2022. They've got it all with betonline.net. You got podcast love for your sports betting fixes. They've got those as well. Fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts, where it starts. So as we're continuing to wrap Locked On UCLA today, the Bruins, who fell 37-35 in their 2022 season finale in the Sun Bowl, Let's rate the defense and the special teams. Nobody's going to get a passing grade. I'm being very harsh considering it was a brutal defeat. Things went wrong. Some might be more happy. Some might be more naysayers. Either way, the defense had the return of Bill McGovern, who missed the last five regular season games. Every game after the Oregon game through the regular season finale against Cal was rumored he was back at practice feeling better and then came through in a press conference before the pit game and said, hey, I'm back not only for this game, but also for all of 2023. Much of the chagrin and groans of many UCLA fans out there. I wasn't as so much as perturbed with him returning, but still clearly with a backup quarterback, a backup pair of running backs for Pitt, who came into play, right? You can't deny the heart of Nick Patty, who went down the field at the end with less than a minute, just about to go and get into field goal range to set up the win for Pitt. Rodney Hammond Jr., Nick Patty being a dual-threat guy, all those guys, those two guys particularly, big, big games. And 
Even Jared Wayne, who was the leading receiver for Pitt, he didn't have a get big game. Canada Mumpfield had a big game, and then Bub Means, guys stepping up for Pitt relentlessly. And even leading up to the week, one was wondering, talking to Bill McGovern in those press conferences, wondering, how do you prepare for a team that you don't even know who's going to play, right? It was announced Nick Patty would play, and we would see Nate Yarnell, the third string, at some point in the game, which we did a one for two passes for Yarnell in 16 yards. But Patty, who had 232 yards, a touchdown, but still the Bruins got that pick for a touchdown, had all the momentum leading 28-14. And then you watch Pitt go down the field, kick five field goals, and Ben Souls becomes the story. Nick Patty grinding it on the field. Apparently Kenny Pickett's best friend, doing everything, doing it all. And the Bruins can't hold on to a lead where Pitt's at their own 25-yard line. Two, no timeouts. And still, you let them go down the field, no pressure whatsoever. Not that the Bruins had any pressure this entire game. One sack in the entirety of the game, mostly due to Patty's ability to move throughout the pocket. But how many times could you have said that here in 2022 season? Oh, the quarterback can move a little bit. The Bruins can't get to him, and that's the reason that was the downfall for the Arizona game, for the SC game, Bo Nix, and what was it? The Pitt game, the most least likely, the least likely source of everything where the Bruins could not get to the quarterback, and it led to a loss, especially when he needed one tackle. Patty ran for it, no timeouts, about 11 seconds ticking, and it would have been close to see if Pitt watched Patty get tackled and if they could have spiked it and forced the kicker to come on with about a second left for the win. That's a little different than him getting a first down, everything getting settled, and then having a quick spike to end it all. No, 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 no. They watched Patty instead not getting tackled, just finding a way to get through and find ways to get a first down and stop the clock. So either way, no pressure. You let them go down the field. It's a D performance because you got the pick six. You got to, you know, you have to be happy about something, right? It's not a passing grade. It's a D. The offense gets a D plus. The defense gets a D. Even with the return of the defensive coordinator, even with the return of Dorian Thompson Robinson one final game, it was a heartbreaking result. That even, hey, you have to credit the special teams. They're not out of this. Two late kickoff returns that went wrong. One fumble recovery, one fumble on the wild, windy day, the blund the, the blustery day in the 100-acre wood, right? Or instead, in this case, the Sun Bowl. You had the fumble kickoff, another almost muff kickoff that put the Bruins back after DTR was knocked out. And Garbers came in at his own five and simply had to throw it away. And luckily, because Pitt almost blew the game themselves. The Bruins had a chance to go down and try and win this game. Instead, one, you muff the kick, you fumble it away, and you don't want to get too hard and down on those guys. But again, what started week one? A muffed punt return from Jake Bobo, a block kick of a punt for a touchdown against Bowling Green. Those both happened in week one. And then all the way at the end of the season, and despite, yes, the weather being a concern, 25 to 30 miles per hour, you had pitch kicker, Ben Sauls, go make five field goals, as money as can get, every which angle, turning the ball left and right just to make those field goals. And while Barmira didn't have to attempt a field goal this game, the Bruins failed themselves, one, in the kicking game, and two, while you do want to kick it deep against Pitt, how do you not kick that last kickoff short and force them to waste a second or two off the clock, which could not have been, which could have made the difference at the end of the game when Patty scrambling around wildly with no timeouts. Should have kicked it short. And again, the messed up kickoffs last couple of times late in that game 
truly put the Bruins behind the eight ball. You fumble it right when Pitt's getting back in it. You get a D minus for the special teams because that was crucial. With some of those decisions and some of the bad luck with the weather that the Bruins put themselves way back into their own territory or cop the ball up or even allowed no time to come off the clock in that last kickoff against Pitt, which allowed them to go down the field, set up the game-winning field goal, and put the Bruins at 9-4 and four and have Pitt's winning streak go from 4-5 to five in the most stunning way possible in a bowl game the Bruins should have won, could have won, and didn't win. That's why, although it's only an honorable mention on my top five flop list for Chip Kelly, maybe, as you might say, could be number one, could be number three, whatever it is, the Bruins all around with some very bright spots. Yes, Jalen Davies with the pick six. You had only one sack in that game, but still bright spots defensively, little bright spots offensively with some guys coming back expected. Um, but still, UCLA got to be better, should have been better. You had all that time to prepare, a month between games, and that's the best they could come up with. Uh, a disappointing out, a disappointing, uh, you know, 2022 season finale in a season that should have been more, could have been more, and ended up not being. Either way, that was the heartbreak. And if you're wondering where's basketball and all this, we will talk basketball. We got that coming up. But this game, this the way it ended this season needed its own special episode to start the negativity, negativity, right? For me, I'm a guy that likes my bad news first. Well, basketball, they've done just well with Washington, Washington State, knocking off those two teams. Amari Bailey was banged up. We'll talk about that in the upcoming episode. I know I've been promising basketball, but the football team is just so juicy, right? Dante Moore, everything, the good stuff, the recruiting boom, transfer portal, and then out of nowhere, yeah, let's just lay an egg in the final game of the season. It's too juicy, just like the pork I ate the luau. You know, you just got to you just have to have more. You got to eat some more. And we'll talk about basketball. We got to talk about McCronin's Bruins and everything going well with them moving forward. In the meantime, UCLA fans, thanks for tuning in, making this for your first listen. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube. We got more content coming up. Basketball season around the corner. March Madness, it will be coming up sooner than you expect. And UCLA's got SC on the schedule coming up basketball-wise. Arizona, even some tough Arizona State games. All Pac-12 play is exciting as the Bruins are ready for the new year. Happy New Year. Hope you had it safely. Get those hands in the air, Bruins fans. A clap time. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. U C L A. U C L A. Fight, fight, fight. We'll talk to you next time. Zach Edersheimer saying good night. Happy New Year. Hope it was a good one. Enjoy the Rose Parade, Rose Parade festivities, bowl, whatever it is. UCLA's nodded. We're sad. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins.